0: If you've got a grump on today, they're going to know that. They're going to wonder what's wrong, what's happening, because they're all concerned about their jobs and their security. And your body language is everything. And that's true whether you're running a five person company or a 50,000 person company.
1: Welcome to CEO Brain Food. Every episode, entrepreneur, CEO, founder, and host, Michael Langhout, will bring you key insights, fresh perspectives, and proven tools you can apply to your business. Thought leaders and CEOs will be interviewed as we explore winning strategies for scaling a company, generating profits, and building lasting enterprise value. Here's Michael.
0: Well, thank you and welcome to the podcast that we're doing this week. We have a great topic lined up. As always, I have my producer, Harry Duran, with
1: me. How are you doing today, Michael?
0: I'm doing great. Thanks, Harry. And yourself?
1: Great. We have a topic this week that's near and dear to your heart. So what do we want to cover on this week's episode?
0: We're going to talk about leadership and uh, most, more specifically, um, authentic leadership. And one of the things that really has occurred to me and, and impressed me over the years is that we have a, really what I would call a growing lack of leadership. And when I say growing, I'm talking about over decades. I'm not sure where that comes from, but it's a lack of leadership and authentic leadership. And this would be true in families, in business, in organizations, nonprofits, government organizations, churches. That's not to say that every business and every organization is lacking leadership. It's certainly there is a void. And that's evident by just reading the news every day and seeing companies, CEOs, leaders in different uh, groups and different from different angles in life that get themselves into uh, into a lot of trouble. And that could come from just a, a lack of a consistent worldview, or it could be just that they're unethical. They see no problem doing certain things uh, that are stretching the boundaries or outside of the law. And um, it causes a lot of problems. I just thought that it would be a a good topic for us to kick around and and discuss uh,
1: in in this week's uh, episode. It seems like it's something that we need to be reminded of occasionally every few years. That seems to be the cycle for scandals related to leaders at companies and organizations who fall by the wayside. And then a couple of years go by and we forget about it. It seems like a refresher course is definitely called for, especially for folks who want to be reminded of what not to do.
0: You're really on to something and you're making me think about the need for a bit of data because these are observations that I'm making. They're just my own, sort of unqualified, not data-driven, but to your point, developing some data around the timing of these trends because you're right. I mean, I look back in history and it seems like there's a frequency, like every eight or 10 years, some major group of companies at the top level have a struggle in this area, and, um, we, we, then, then of course we all get religion and we get better and, but then we forget and we lose it and, uh, it degrades over time. And then, then the cycle repeats. So that's, that's an interesting point that you make. It makes me think that, uh, I'd like to do more on this than just this one episode. And indeed we probably will. It's a very, very important area and, and one that that I can uh, really relate to having led a number of companies, uh, starting my own companies. I've had several um, that I have uh, started and, and built up. So I know a bit about it uh, from personal experience. I've also been in companies where there, obviously where there's other leaders and observe those behaviors. And some of them um, I didn't really relate to very well, and some I related to um, a lot. And I wonder about that. I mean, that gets into the whole values alignment topic
1: and a lot of times we can actually learn more from the leaders who don't do it the right way as an example of what not to do right oh boy that is
0: so true and as i say also this is very cultural right i mean so leadership is big part of culture and lead and culture is descending it starts at the top so your leadership of your organization will set the pace and the organization then by definition, is choosing to follow, and there are some companies that that leader is taking them down the wrong path, and they they literally, you know, literally go right off the cliff based on the poor leadership. So yeah, we need to really, really pay attention to this. I think that it has to start with trust. Well, it really it really starts inside of your own worldview and your own uh, your own cultural approach to to your life, your consistency with business. Are you consistent in business and, and at home with the family? Are we seeing the same person in both places or in the community or in the church or whatever? We should be seeing a consistent pattern with the person. They shouldn't be two different people because that's very inappropriate and people will not follow that, right? They'll pick that out and see that pretty clearly, that type of behavior. But we want to be seeing trust developing and trust as they say takes a lifetime to build and a minute to destroy i've seen that so many times Um, and it happens when the leader falls off the the track and does something that uh, irritates the the people that are working in that organization surrounding that leader so developing that trust is a probably one of the first places to start
1: I think what's important is that leadership sometimes is not something that that's a focus in management schools. I think a lot of times the focus there is execution and strategies and tactics on how to grow companies. Things may have changed since I was in school, but I wonder if that's now an important aspect of training, this idea of how to be an authentic leader.
0: Well, I can tell you that it certainly is in, in some places, and we'll get to that in just a minute. I want to reference one particular luminary. There are many, but I want to reference one, and I'll do that in a moment. But I want to key on what you just said about leadership being taught in schools or really that kind of gets back to the belief on the part of many that leaders are born, not made. Think in terms of military terms, uh, George Patton, for instance, General Patton, Many thought MacArthur. Many thought that those two uh, generals in the in the first and second world wars. By the time they got to World War II, they were a little bit older. But both of those uh, generals, many thought, were born to do what they what they did for such a time as that horrible uh, time during World War II. But today, and when we think about it, I I couldn't disagree more. I mean, I think that leadership can be taught. I think it can be modeled. I think it can be mentored. I think it can be broken down into some very basic parts. I mean, look, there's tons of books on this subject, probably way too many more than I will ever possibly read in my lifetime. So I like to simplify. And that's why I say authentic leadership, I think, is the one type of leader that is going to get followed. Look, nobody likes to be told what to do, right? The the control, the command and control type leader, the charismatic leader, which is style, those types of leaders are may good for a time, but they will die out. Lee Iacocca was a great example. I thought he did a fantastic job at Ford. And then when he was asked to leave Ford, he ultimately wound up at Chrysler, did a fantastic job of turning Chrysler around. But Iacocca was just old school charismatic leader all the way. And he probably did a good job of building trust with his people. But leaders like that are very, very rare.
1: I wonder if there's room in this day and age for that type of charismatic leader to succeed.
0: Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. You look at some of the really, really great unicorn type of companies that are out there today, unicorns in that they got to a billion dollars very quickly in revenue. And some of them have been around for a number of decades. Steve jobs would be a great example. Bill Gates modern day, uh, would be, uh, Elon Musk for instance, uh, would be an example. I think that there is probably some charisma there to one degree or another but I've just listed three companies I mean if I really thought about it I'd probably come up with a list of a dozen or a couple dozen you know but there's 28 million companies in the United States 13,000 start up every week where's the leadership in all of that and how do you how do you develop those leaders and so I just really want to look more deeply at that and and talk a bit in this podcast about you know, how to do that. So, the, the, the luminary, the reference that I would would uh, make and that I referred to earlier has to do with the ex-CEO of Medtronic. Medtronic is a company in, in the Minneapolis area, medical device manufacturer, and they had a CEO back around the turn of the century in 2000, around that time, by the name of Bill George. And Bill came in, he had a great background leading other companies that were much smaller. When Bill George came into Medtronic, the company was at about a billion dollar run rate, annual turnover in revenue. And when he left 10 years later, that company was in the neighborhood of $60 billion in revenue. So he had a really great run up during that time. And I think that if we're going to, Look at a role model for authentic leadership. I couldn't think of a better model than Bill George. Today, Bill is uh, is teaching leadership and authentic leadership at uh, Harvard. He's an author. He has uh, several books. One of which I love, which I would recommend, is called True North. It's finding your true north. He was named one of the top 25 business leaders in the past 25 years by P- PBS, and I mean I'm just not going to go through all the accolades, but there are a number of them. He's he's a real luminary and a man that I just really respect. But just looking at uh, some of the practices that that Mr. George uh, put into place at Medtronic is a, a lesson in how to how to act as a CEO. I mean, literally, it's a template on how to be as a as a leader. And this could be—you you don't have to be in a company that's a billion dollars, or sixty billion dollars, or a hundred billion dollars. This could be in a company that's a million dollars, or five million, or ten, or fifty, or a hundred million. Any kind of a company or organization, or as I say, government, church, whatever, family. One of the things that I would start with in the conversation is to encourage you to be consistent in applying that, that integrity that you have in your ethical behavior in, in the workplace and at home. So, in other words, as I said earlier, we want to be looking at the same person throughout the day, whether they're whoever they're with in their private life, in their public life, um, in their work life. We want to be sure that we're tapping into our core values, and, and we need to know what those are. I have a list of core values that I, I maintain uh, in my own company. And I encourage you all to uh, listening to develop core values not only for yourself but for your for your companies. And when you do it with your company, make sure you're doing that. You're co-developing that with your leadership team. It is very important that the core values that you develop are alive and well in the activities, the behaviors of of your own in your own style, but also in the heads and hearts of the people on your leadership team, and obviously throughout the entire company. And you know, it takes a lot to do that. For you, first to have to identify what they are, and then you have to broadcast those out and evangelize them. You've got to know. You've got to know what they are, and you have to live them. Um, and they've just got to be very, very consistent with your behavior on a day-to-day basis, or else you will not be considered a leader. You won't have followers, which is one definition of a leader: someone that's got somebody following them. But otherwise, if, if not, then, then all of that activity goes for naught. And, um, you know, the wonderful words that you develop with the consultants or coaches, they're up on the walls, they're on the website, they're in the employee manual, but they're, they're empty words. And uh, all companies have gone through this or most that I'm familiar with have gone through this type of phase. But those that pass through it and, and actually do take on the core values in terms of taking them into their hearts and their minds and live the core values. Those are the companies that uh, that really are outstanding. And uh, you know, oftentimes we we list uh, Tony Shea at Zappos as example as an example of this. And you can go into Tony's uh, company Zappos, who he recently sold that company to um, Amazon, by the way. But very very successful online uh, retailer. And their culture was uh, was absolutely uh, outstanding. It was a magnet for new employees coming in. People would come from all over the country to Las Vegas to go to work for Tony at Zappos, and he had a he had a culture that was very much alive and core value and purpose driven. So these are just some of the some of the early things that you can do. So if you ask, you know, gee, where do I start? One place to start would be to identify not only your own core values and your own purpose, but also the core values and purpose of your company. And if you did nothing other than that, that's a great start. It's probably going to take a while.
1: Are there any additional resources for leaders that would be effective as they go through this exercise? That would be helpful for them as they think about this concept of how to be an authentic leader?
0: Yes, there are. Um, I have blogged on this topic, so you can find uh A blog post on my website uh, langhutinternational.com that's titled uh, authentic leadership lessons from bill george there's also a uh, knowledge at wharton which is a video series and you can find um by searching in their search bar there at wharton authentic leadership it's a terrific interview in addition to his great early work his book that he wrote uh, called true north he has also followed that with another book Titled "Authentic Leadership," which of course is the topic of our of our episode, our podcast. And I'd like to unpack that a little bit and just bring forward um, some brief summary points out of it. Highly recommend reading it. It's a it's a terrific read for anyone aspiring to leadership, especially authentic leadership. But there are nine key truths that he ex- exposes and unpacks in that in that book. And I don't want to spend a lot of time on them, but I think they're all very important. I've summarized them, again, in my blog post, but just to talk about them here. Uh, The first is to, when you, and think of of coming into a company that's a billion-dollar company as a new CEO. Nobody knows you. You don't know anybody, but you go on to a discovery process, and you could apply these nine principles, okay, to help you not only build a better company, but also help people to understand who you are. As their leader and understand that every move you make walking in the front door in the morning that from the receptionist all the way through down the halls from everybody seeing you, they're going to they're going to look at your body language, they're going to see your face. If you've got a grump on today, they're going to know that they're going to wonder what's wrong, what's happening, because they're all concerned about their jobs and their security and your body language is everything. And that's true whether you're running a five person company or a 50,000 person company. I can speak to that topic with uh, experience. I learned that lesson early on in one of my first uh, leadership positions. So watch your attitude. But uh, the first uh, topic, the first uh, of the nine is, is, as Mr. George talks, is to clean out any unethical behavior. And when I say that, it, it really needs to be done quickly. Don't put up with it. If you see unethical behavior going on, call it out quickly. Everyone knows it's going on and they're watching you do something about it. If you don't do anything about it, then it is by definition acceptable, which means that you've got an ethical problem and you're going to find that people that have ethical problems are going to really like you and they're going to follow you. And the people that are not challenged ethically, that want to have a true, authentic, high-trust relationship with a leader, Are not going to follow you so you got to be careful how you cultivate your your following back to the unethical behavior and and cleaning that out within the company so your behavior is also very important not only in cleaning out the unethical activities but how you behave yourself needs to be consistent with highly ethical standards and then you need to hold your direct reports those in your company you need to hold them accountable to this very basic uh, standard of leadership. The second one I'll cover quickly, just removing the perks. And this is uh, you know something as simple as removing the privileged parking spots out front that are for the very special people like the CEO. If you were to do that, you would send a very strong signal through the organization that you're in alignment with the, with the rank and file who are working in the company. To remove that means that you're pulling away from the special treatment status that the CEO has had for many years in the company. It's a change, and that's a big change. It may seem insignificant at first, but people will, everybody walking through that parking lot, going in through the front door will notice that. And so I don't want to dwell on that, but it it is kind of a big deal. Another that I would recommend, and I've actually done this, there are two that I'll recommend that I've done, that I think give you a very strong shock and awe value in the company, the effect of which is profound. One being close down your office and move the desk out into the factory if you have a factory or distribution area. Don't make yourself inaccessible. You want to be visible. You want people to see you. They know that you're alive and well and that you're approachable and they could have conversation with you. Go into the lunchroom and have coffee with them. Talk with them. The other is to take the doors off of the offices so that you create an open environment. There's nothing worse than an executive that has their door closed all day long. First of all, it's, it's not a very uh, effective way of leading. And secondly, most people that would work for that person are thinking the natural thought process is he's in there talking about me and it's not good. So be careful again about your behavior. The third area, and I'll move quickly through these. Um, again, this is the turf of the CEO. You've got to lead and live the core values and the purpose, the vision and the mission. To me, culture is defined by core values, purpose and your your vision of the company. What's the direction of the company? That's a whole another discussion, but if you combine the three of those together and live that as a CEO, really evangelizing all of it all the time, you will see a change in your culture. The fourth area is authenticity. Authenticity is a reflection of how truthful and real we are in our relationships with others and in understanding ourselves. So being authentic means that, of course, you're going to be honest, you're building trust. Building trust means that you are doing what you're saying you're going to do. If you say you're going to do something and it doesn't happen and there's no communication on it, then you've lost trust and entropy has gone up in the company. And it takes significant energy to bring it back down. So do what you say you're going to do and you'll build trust. But being authentic means that you're going to be honest, you're going to be vulnerable, you're real, and sometimes perhaps even a little intimate when sharing with others who you are as a person. Your people need to know you. They need to know you, the good, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And so maybe you don't want to tell them everything, but there certainly are some parts of your past that it would be good for them to understand because they can relate to it. They're going through the kinds of things that you went through as you came up, And just as an additional comment on that, most people want to be at a very deep level in authentic relationships. Most people crave that. They may not appear to crave it, but they do crave it. As you are in leadership and as you build your career in this area, you're going to have failures. I don't consider failures negative so much as I do opportunities to learn, but these, as Mr. George describes them, are known as crucibles the crucibles of life it's the it's the marrow of life as he describes it everyone has difficult times and these difficult times really are necessary before you can gain more wisdom and a higher level of leadership ability it it actually refines your leadership skills once you accept who you are as a person and you understand and put into context, the proper context, the the results of these uh, crucibles, you are able to confront them and deal with them. You'll find that it's a very, very freeing thing. Basically, what we're saying is you're you're normal, and you're willing to accept the fact that you're normal, and everybody else knows that you're normal, and that makes you a lot more powerful and strong as a as an authentic leader and relatable. Very much so, Harry, very much so. You're much more approachable. If people consider you a human being and not some object that's leading this great company, but actually someone that you can talk to and relate to, you're going to find so much more progress in the company being made. And we'll just cover these quickly. Finding Your True North, that was the title of one of uh, Mr. George's books. That's your purpose, finding your purpose. It's very important to find your purpose. In life and your purpose for being in the company. If you don't know what that is, you're going to be wandering through life. So the perfect job is when you find a matchup between the skills that you've been given as gifts, the things that are naturally yours, the God-given gifts that you have, and a need in the world. And it doesn't matter how much you get paid. That's the absolute perfect job And I think in this case for Mr. George, it probably was Medtronic because he was built to do this. It was amazing. But once you have your purpose and your values really set in your mind, then now you have a compass that you can follow. And it becomes your worldview. And everybody knows you as that thing, that one thing that you're all about and not everybody's going to be attracted to that you'll find that some people don't don't really care and others are extremely attracted to that it really doesn't matter it's the ones that want to follow you that are that are important and those are the ones that that really will help you move the needle so learning how to follow your passion understand what your passion is and make time for it do that, and again, it gets back to being a human being. You you like to ski, or you like to hike, or you like to play golf, or whatever it is that you're passionate about. You may have a passion for for helping other people, maybe in a nonprofit, serving on a board. Uh, my passion is uh, prison ministry. I like to go into prisons and work with uh, people that are incarcerated. You talk about leadership. So many of these, and this is the men that I'm talking about. So many of these men that are incarcerated. When I ask them. How many of you grew up in a single-parent home? 100% of the hands go up. 100% without fail. Then I ask, well, how many of those single parents were female? And not every case, but almost every case, it's, it's female. The men have abdicated their responsibility, their accountability. I think that this is a big part of the problem that we have in our country today. The last one is uh, having a mentor who can teach you and have, have a student who can learn from you. So you wanna have a mentor yourself. So go find somebody. And by the way, take a look at your Rolodex, your network that you know. I mean, these are people that you know and take every name on that list and cross it off and seek a new name, a higher level than you are in life And go introduce yourself to that person and ask them to mentor you. That means you've got to humble yourself a bit and put your ego aside because, yes, you do have room to grow. Once you acknowledge that and you find someone to help you do that, you'll be amazed at what happens. And then find someone to mentor yourself. Find a student who uh, you can help because everybody has something to teach. And you all have something very, very, very much within you that you can give to others. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on your journey uh, as you are running your organization, running your company. Um, I'm not a family counselor or anything like that, so please don't call me for therapy, but uh, I could help you in a, in a company or an organization in terms of helping you uh, understand uh, about authentic leadership. But I wish you well in the journey and hope you can uh, tap into some of these resources that I've given you, and I ho- hope you've en- enjoyed this, uh, this episode.
1: Thanks for sharing that, Michael, and we'll be including all the links mentioned in this episode in the show notes.
0: Once again, Harry, thank you for producing this podcast and working with me on this. Um, much appreciated. I'm looking forward to the next time that we have our our episode, and that should be in a week or so, and it's going to be finding the right talent. So this is a big challenge for companies today. It's really understanding how to recruit and interview and hire and onboard and train and retain the right talent. So I look forward to unpacking those tools and tips as well. So until next time, thank you again.
1: Thanks for listening to another episode of CEO Brain Food. To listen to all past episodes, as well as view the show notes that we create for each episode, head on over to ceobrainfood.com.